greetings, and welcome to the Tapestry Podcast. My name is Chris Turner. Tapestry is the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. Joining me today are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hello, Chris. Hey, Chris. Last time we were together, we talked about parenting tools and the traditional ones we all bring with us when we become parents and how we need to do a 180 from those and embrace the trust-based parenting tools we've been talking about. And we discussed two tools we have in our trust-based parenting bag, managing transitions and practicing outside the moment. Today, we'd like to talk about three more, compromises, redos, and choices. So, Kayla, what do compromises look like when parenting our kids? We know compromises were one of those tools that when I learned it, I first, I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to teach my kids how to compromise. I mean, really? I'm the parent, and what I when I tell them to do something, I want them to do it. Right. I mean, that's just kind of... That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be, right? I mean, that's that's how I grew up when I did Don't something. Miss with the natural order of things. Is what you guys <laughs> Seriously. Yes. I mean, it was just, it was kind of a weird concept. And I thought, I don't know really what I, what I think about this. I don't know mm-hmm. how I feel about telling my two-year-old or even my 13-year-old, uh, yeah, if I ask you to do something, you can ask me for a compromise. Mm-hmm. Because I want, you know, the obedience right away with a good attitude. You know, I want them to just, yes, ma'am, and let's do it. Or so I thought I did. I Mm -hmm. mean, I have really learned that giving my kids a voice and helping my kids to get their needs met and sharing some of that power with them has been really helpful in the battles just going away. I don't, my, Mm -hmm. my kids don't battle with me about things. I don't have that kid that I have to drag screaming and kicking out of the store or home from the park or that I have to have a, you know, consequence because they won't turn off their devices. We just don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. And we've been using compromises for a long time. So at our house, it would look something like this. So my teenagers playing a video game and I say, hey, bud, it's time to go shower and get ready. You know, it's time to get ready for bed before compromises he would have been like man why do i have to do that can mm-hmm. i just play the rest of this game so he begins to argue with me right, right. and i don't want arguing because that's not respectful mm-hmm. i want my kids to be respectful and so we taught them this concept of compromises and so now what it looks like is hey bud it's time to shower and get ready for bed you need to turn the video game off and he says hey mom can i just finish this level i'm almost done so he's asking me for a compromise. Now, sometimes he'll actually use the words, can I have a compromise? Mm-hmm. But really what he's learning to do is he's learning to negotiate his needs, right? It's disappointing to all of us if we're in the middle of a game and someone tells us we have to stop right then. Right. I mean, if I'm doing something, I don't want anybody to tell me I have to stop right then. It's frustrating. Right. And so I was frustrating my kids by making them stop when I wanted them to stop. Which in turn is frustrating you. Yes. And usually with some arbitrary time, like, oh, okay, I'm done stirring this pot on the stove, so you need to stop now. Mm. It wasn't like there was some clear cut they had to do it at this certain time. It was usually I just arbitrarily would throw out some stop playing the video game and expect them to stop. Mm. And so now it's met with may have a compromise. Can I play for five more minutes? Mm -hmm. Can I finish this level? 
Can I watch the rest of the show? You know, can I go down the slide one more time? Can I, you know, I mean, there's just so many things that I can say yes to really easily. Mm -hmm. And so when we first taught our kids this, we would then also remind them what their part was. Because a compromise, you have to have them follow through, right? If they ask for a compromise, they have to follow through with their end. And that's really important is that they understand Yes. But their end of the obligation is. Absolutely. Because right. if they don't, then you just end up having a whiny, crying kid five minutes later. Right. So like Stephen Covey said, win-win or no deal. Right. And the seven habits highly effective people. Yeah. The, the one of the things we do with um, with our little one is um, when she asks for a compromise, we'll remind her um, not only of her part in the compromise, but we'll remind her that when we say yes, mm-hmm. that in five minutes when we do turn the television off, She'll accept that and say, okay, mommy, okay, daddy. Because she does need that extra little bit of coaching right. as a toddler. We wouldn't necessarily do that with all the kids. We could. Well, when we first taught them, we did, even yeah. as older kids. I mean, when we first started this, you know, we had kids that were in their, you know, late elementary age. And we would actually have them repeat back to us what their part of the deal was. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, you're asking to finish this level, and when that level is finished, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And they would say, "I'm going to turn it off and go take my shower." You know, and so we we did that a lot. We don't have to do it so much with our kids because we've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Now we just have to do it with our younger one who's still learning how that all works because she would sometimes still go, "No, but I still want more time." And we don't we don't stack compromises, you know. So if she's asked for five more minutes, then at the end of that five minutes, she can't ask for more minutes. Right. You know, no, we said five minutes, you know, so we're going to, we're going to have to follow through with that and we're going to have to do what we were asked to do. I think we also look at the evolution of compromises in our house. They all used to center around food mm-hmm. at the Absolutely, dinner table. Yeah. They wanted to compromise on how much they had to eat. They wanted to compromise on what they wanted to eat. You know, that's one A. One B is compromises around bedtime. Which, which are probably the most common places the children will first develop the skill. Uh, but that's okay. You shouldn't get frustrated with that because they are developing a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of times people will say to us, uh, when you give in to your children, what life skills are you teaching them? And I think we're teaching them a really, really valuable life skill to be able to negotiate their, their needs. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a hallmark of secure attachment. It is something that people do in good relationships it's something that you will need in the workplace. It's something that you're going to have to figure out when you're under the gun in a, in a time management scenario. So I think it's a really, really valuable thing we teach our children, and it has grown. They, they do it in all aspects of life now because what they're saying is, hey, because they realize that they can, if they just ask for five more minutes, they can hear that, that word that every child wants to hear from mom and dad. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, what we do, though, and, and we have to be kind of clear about this, is that if they're all doing the same activity, whoever asks for the compromise applies to everybody in the activity. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked us recently, well, if they're watching a TV show and you say, well, you got to turn it off, and they say, we have a compromise, how about five more minutes? And you say yes, and you go five minutes later, and another kid, not the first one, says, can we have a compromise? <laughs> Is that okay? And we're like, no, that's still stacking compromises right. for the same event. So our kids will yell really quick, can I have a compromise? Because they're afraid that the three-year-old will ask for a compromise first. And it will always be 
three more minutes. Uh, and then I could, dude, we could get seven out of her. Come on. <laughs> Shh, Libby, don't ask. Don't ask. We're going to yeah, She's learning, though. She's learning. She's upped her game from three minutes. She's now at seven minutes is what she almost always asks for. Our five-year-old has not figured that out yet. Yeah. One day. He will. Yeah, He'll figure it he out. He will. But for right now, when he's asking for compromise for three more minutes, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Three absolutely. more minutes. There three you go. Let's, let's see if have five people coaching him on how to <laughs> ask for right. more. It's like, it's like the children, you know, there's the three-year-old and like five lawyers at the table negotiating on her behalf. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and it's fun also now to see the kids using it in relationships with each other because, you know, when there's a toy that both of them want, now it didn't take, they didn't go there naturally. We had to help them. Remember, you can ask for a compromise and they would start to say, can I, can I have a compromise with their siblings? And it was neat to see them say, could I play with that when you're finished or could you play with it for five more minutes and then I can play with it for five mm. minutes and, and seeing that just moving into other relationships because that's what we want right now. I may not ask my husband for a compromise with, I may not say, honey, can I have a compromise? <laughs> you know, but I, we compromise all the time. Right. I mean, we'll, you know, he'll want to do something. I want to do something and we'll meet in the middle. You know, we'll figure out something different. So in every relationship, a compromise is, a good thing. So we're teaching our kids this great skill of how to negotiate their needs and our kids can accept no too. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you think, okay, if they ask for compromise, Oh, so am I, do I have to say no? Cause sometimes they're going to ask, can I watch, you know, 30 more minutes of the show? No, we don't have time for 30 right. more minutes, you know, but we have time for five, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, we have time to finish that episode or, you know, maybe they say, can we stay at the park for another hour? Well, no, you have no. to go home, you yeah. know, but they can, they can learn to negotiate and it doesn't have to be just whatever they throw out. You can go back and forth and say, well, that's not going to work for us, but how about this? You know, and we can, we can kind of play this back and forth game a little bit if we need to. But the key is our kids were going to fight about leaving the park and we were going to, you know, pull them to the car and buckle them in with them getting being mad and upset or we can give them the good words to use and mm-hmm. we can give them the skill and accomplish the same task in so, a way that's connected. Yeah. Something that I I've learned with the use of compromises in our house, especially with one of our boys is having set that that expectation that he can't ask for a compromise is that there are times when I can't give the compromise and sometimes it's my fault in that Maybe I didn't uh, set the expectation for a transition ahead of time. Right. And, yes, we do have to leave the park because we have to be at this place at this time. Right. And, yes, Dad should have said something five minutes ago or 15 minutes ago, but I forgot. Yeah. And in those rare times when something like that has happened, he's been a lot more understanding mm-hmm. of my failure to yeah. help him manage that transition. Yeah. And not being able to offer him the compromise because we've had those compromises said yes to in the past. I think one of the things that we encounter a lot, uh, just to take off of that, is um, parents who realize that they need to do things differently because of the way things are going in their family. But then when they were confronted with that reality, they really try to throw up all the flags and the reasons why they can't. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we hear a lot is if you compromise with your children, you're going to turn them into all-consuming monsters who are just going to want more, more, and they'll never be satiated. They'll just want more. It's just not true. 
It's yeah. just not true. What they learn is that if they are reasonable, they will be met by a reasonable human being. You see, my, my children already know to ask for five or seven minutes or the end of this show. Mm-hmm. They don't ask for enormous things because all they have done is they have learned to be reasonable when negotiating their needs. That is really the, part, the, the outcome of the compromise with the children is that they learn to be reasonable in what they ask for. Right. And, and, people, and people who don't parent this way or are starting to parent this way, that's, that's a hard one to mentally let wrap your mind around, that you are just going to end up with kids who are happier, less argumentative, and only asking for five more minutes of whatever Disney show they're watching. Mm. Yeah. I know a hard one in terms of parenting tools for a lot of people, too, is the concept of redos. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about redos. Let's talk about redos. What would you like to talk about? <laughs> well, Ryan, I'd like a redo on talking about redos. Can we do that again? <laughs> of with course. Respect? Yes. You used good words. With respect. <laughs> hey, you know, Chris, a redo is an interesting thing because grace is just a divine redo. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we all want God to give us another chance. We all want the opportunity to get it right when we mess up. But so many people struggle in extending that to their children. And um, one of the things that's really frustrating about adults, whether that be other adults or me, um, I'll be confessional, is that there are days when I require better from my children than I do from other adults or myself. Mm -hmm. There are days when I require my children to meet a higher standard than I require of myself. And I think that I'd like I'd like a redo there. Okay. I know that's wrong mm-hmm. because if I put a lot of more pressure on a seven-year-old to walk the line than I put on a forty-year-old, I have I have failed them in that moment because they literally are not capable of doing the things that I am requiring them to do. And so, um, yes, we all need to have redos. It's one of my favorite ones because it reminds me of the Lord's graciousness to us mm-hmm. um, because He said, um, you know. His mercies are new every morning. I get a fresh start every day with the Lord, and I, and I feel like that's important for our children, and not just in the moment to have a redo, but even conceptually in the long run to have redos. Like, you know, we have a difficult situation today. We address it. We deal with it. And then tomorrow we parent our, our child, not the child who messed up. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So, Kayla, what's a, a practical look at how redos work in the day-to-day lives of with our children? A practical way you might use a redo. I get chances to do them all the time, every day. Um, one thing might be I tell my 7-year-old to go and put her laundry away. And she says, I don't want to do that. I hate doing laundry. Why do I have to do that? Why do you make me put my laundry away? Right? She's very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um not asking for anything, just griping, you know. And so I'd say, whoa, let's try that again with respect. And so then she might come back and go, do I have to do laundry? You know, so she might get a little bit less. But So I might have to actually say to her, you know, that's not okay. I need you to say, okay, mom, and go and do your laundry. Or I might have to say to her, if you're asking for a compromise, let's try again. And this time you ask for a compromise, right? Mm-hmm. So I might have to give her the words cause she may not be able to figure out what she's trying to say. Right. 
but a redo is, is exactly what it sounds like. I mean, it's just doing over what you did wrong. So you walk in the door and you get really mad and you slam the door shut because you've had a hard day. And I might say, whoa, let's try that again. Let's shut that door nicely. She's talking about me there. (laughs) (laughs) And then he'll go back and he'll shut the door nicely. But in all honesty, though, we do get that opportunity with each other because there have been days when I've walked in the house and it's been a, a longer and more difficult day than I was anticipating. And walk back and she's had a longer, more difficult time mm-hmm. with the children and and they haven't transitioned from the school day. They're still working on school and the house kind of like I walk in unsettled and, and, and the house kind of feels unsettled when I get here and, and I'll be like kind of antsy with people and um, there have been times when I've recognized that myself. There have been times when my wife has gently looked at me um, and I've said, uh, could I could I try that again? <laughs> yes, because because the entry back into the home for me at the end of the day is a really is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really know why, but it is something that really really matters to me, like my reintegration into the family. Um, so yeah, I mean, as adults, even and it's a great thing that we're doing that we're modeling that for our children right. that they recognize, uh, they see that we recognize that we have not done well and we're trying to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wouldn't recommend in a relationship that you ask your spouse if they want to have a redo because sometimes that doesn't go very well. I once asked Dr. Purvis if she wanted a redo. <laughs> and she did. She tried it. Yes, that was good. I liked that. So the third parenting tool we want to discuss is choices. And that may sound like an easy thing, but sometimes it's not. And you have to understand, too, what constitutes a real choice when we're dealing with our kids. So Kayla, what does that look like? That is a great point. Well, I I think often we, we use choices or we think we use choices, but really it's just a threat disguised as a choice. Right. right? I mean, we're like either eat your dinner or go to bed hungry. This Mm -hmm. is jeopardy. Your ancestor phrased in the form of a question. (laughs) The threat is phrased in the form of a choice. Yes. It's, it's not really a choice if they're not too equally acceptable. Right. Right. I mean, if they're not equally acceptable choices, it's not really a choice. So if you're saying, well, you can, you know, be nice to your siblings or you can go sit in your room. That's not really a choice. Mm-hmm. Well, you chose to sit in your room. I mean, I was, I was so guilty of this. I did this all the mm-hmm. time. I think that what parents do, though, is they boil it down to this. You can do as I say or you can suffer the consequences. Right. Absolutely. That's what, they, that's what, the, that's what they, they're yes. saying, right? And like you said, it has to be. It has to be a choice between two equal alternatives. Right. So, for instance, if I know my child doesn't like to brush their teeth, then instead of telling them to go and brush their teeth, I might say, hey, we need to brush our teeth and get our jammies on. Would you like to brush your teeth first or get your jammies on first? So there's, they have to do both things. It's mm-hmm. not a choice whether or not they do those things. But because I know that brushing a teeth is a struggle, I'm going to give them that as one of two options. So it gives them an opportunity to do something else first. Mm-hmm. So it gives them a little bit of that control over the situation. Both things have to be done, right? It's time to go to bed. Would you like to ride on my back or would you like to walk beside me up the stairs? Right? So I, it's not an option as to whether or not they go to bed, but how we get there can be fun and playful and it can be a choice, right? So particularly around things that my kids have trouble with. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we all know our kids, right? I mean, so when we, we have our kids that have certain things that they don't like to do or that are more challenging for them, you know, 
one that struggles with math. So I might say, would you like to do your math by yourself or do you want me to sit with you while we do math? Mm-hmm. Would you like to read with me or would you like to read by yourself? You know, so we can do it with so many things. And I, I find choices to be great um, whenever we're in highly stressful situations. Um, now, there are some kids that choices, that they you give them two choices and they pick a third. Well, you're going to have to decide whether or not that third choice is an acceptable alternative. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it is. You right. know, Sometimes you say, do you want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? And they say, I want to wear the green shirt. Well, if that's acceptable, then you just redirect them and say, it sounds like you're asking for a compromise. Mm-hmm. And now they were using a different tool, right? So they're, they're transitioning from choices to compromises and that's okay. There are all these tools can be, can be layered together and, and you can use them all interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, what's so great about these parenting tools because we're, we're already doing the things that are empowering our kids, right? We're focusing on their nutrition hydration, those kinds of things. We're connecting with our kids while we're correcting them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we can use these tools, um, with our kids in so many different ways and we can layer them on top of each other. And especially in those high stress situations for our kids where our kids are prone to melt down. So we know what those are. If it's, you know, going into a new setting, or, you know, first day of school, or I'm going to layer lots and lots of choices with my kids to help them feel like they've got a little bit of power over the situation. They've got a little bit of control in that situation that to them may seem completely out of control because it's new and different and strange. What do you say to the parent who has the, I'm the adult, they're the child, children should be seen and not heard, just do as you're told kind of mentality towards children because they are really, really resistant to this concept of compromises and choices with the children because what they see, they see both of those as a weakening of their strength, of their power base. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would we give a child a choice when they just have to do as they're told? Well, what I would say is, how's that working for you? I mean, are you, are you getting the results that you want? And by that, I don't just mean corrective behavior. I mean, your relationship with your child. How's your relationship with your child? How, how is the situation that you're working on? I mean, if you are in a power struggle with your child every day, it's probably not working very well. Mm-hmm. If your child doesn't want to be around you because you are that law and order child, you know, parent that your child must walk the straight line and, you know, do everything as you say, when you say very structured, how much nurture is your child getting? Yeah, and I would also say though that the parents who who think that you know asking their child, you know, would you want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt when they should just be told to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt because that's what I laid out on their bed. I think what they're missing is when uh, you ask that child if they want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt, you've, you're still in control of the game. Right. You mm-hmm. pick the choices. Yeah, you pick right. the choices, but the child starts to feel like their thoughts and opinions and words matter. Mm-hmm. Right. And all you do is, hey, do you want to, you can pick one of these two shirts and the kid feels like, oh man, I matter to mom and dad. Because mm-hmm. when right. you, when you come to understand that your thoughts, opinions and feelings matter, you sort of feel like you matter as a person. Absolutely. And so, th- so that's why I, I, you know, people who, who do this like, well, this, you know, I'm the power in the house um, and I'm not going to give them choices. They really, really miss a really great opportunity uh, because empowered people, um, you know, they're on the path to being emotionally healthy people. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. Purvis used to say, you can't share, um, sharing power proves that you are the power, right? Only people in charge can share the power. Right. right. If you have power, then you can share it. Yeah. Well, I, when I heard the story once about a, a girl who, um, she went, when she was a kid, she didn't really have a lot of choices. She just kind of, she was a good kid, kind of did whatever she was told and just her parents just laid everything out for her. They told her what to do, where to go, how to do it. And she just did it. And then she went off to college. And when I first heard the story, I thought, oh yeah. And she went wild, right? She went crazy. And then they said, no, no, she was paralyzed with fear because she didn't know how to make a choice. Mm. All of a sudden she was in college and she had to make all these decisions and all these choices and no one had ever taught her how How to to make make those choices. So she's faced with this, you know, abundance of choices, where to go, what to eat, what to wear, all these things. And she'd really never been given much of a choice, you know, growing up. And Mm -hmm. so now she was paralyzed with not knowing how to make a choice. Mm -hmm. So I think we do our kids a disservice if we don't give them opportunities to make those choices, you know. And, And again, we're controlling the situation in the sense that we're giving them the choices, so sometimes I get caught in the moment trying to figure out what a good choice is, right? You know, if I ask them to go clean their room, how am I going to make that a choice? I'm going to ask them to pick up, would you like to pick up the dolls first or would you like to pick up the blocks first, right? But I can also, would you like to clean your room by yourself or would you like me to come and help you? Mm-hmm. Because that's a connected choice and they get me in the equation, right? Now, that can't always be my choice. I can't always give them the choice of, me helping them. And I was really kind of resistant to it at first because I thought, okay, they made the mess, especially, you know, cleaning the room or whatever. They made the mess. They need to clean it up. But I also get how overwhelming that can be for a kid. And so when I give myself as an option, it really helps take some of that overwhelmed sense from them and gives them a little mom's willing to help me with this Mm -hmm. and it takes the fight out of something that could have been a fight, you know, and I'm able to then give myself as a choice and I have six children. And so I don't say that lightly because I give myself as a choice often to my kids. And when I first started doing that, I thought, Oh gosh, if I offer to clean the room with them, then every kid's going to say, I need you to help me do this. I need you to help me do this. And they're always going to want me to help them. And I mean, let's face it. I want my kids to divide the chores so that there's not so many things to do, right? right. We get them done. Everybody do their chore and we'll get them done. And if I'm always offering myself as part of it, then I can't get my own chores done right. while they're doing theirs. But what I found is that as if I offer myself as a choice, they may ask me to, you know, they may take that choice a few times, but eventually they realize they can actually do it and they don't need me. Mm-hmm. And only in the times when they're really overwhelmed will they need me. I think it all comes down to what do we want in terms of relationship with our children? Going back to the, the red shirt, blue shirt thing, and then the, the child offering the, the third choice of the green shirt. Well, what's your outcome here? To get the kid dressed. Dressed, right? yes. I want my child dressed so we can, you know, go to school or wherever it is else we're going. Right. And the green shirt is a perfectly acceptable choice, even though I, as the parent, did not pick it out. Yes. And well, you, that's, can, you can use two tools there, right? Sounds right. like you're asking for a compromise. Right, exactly. Yeah, because it's, it's an easy transition 
because parents don't want to do that, Chris, because they feel like the kid's manipulating them. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he maybe he just wants to wear a green, green shirt. shirt. Right, right. I mean, that is a possibility. And I know I've been guilty of that, too. No, yeah. no, we need to go to church now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, now, we need to get the car. And so, you you know, you, you make the wrong decision as the parent and say, no, just put the red shirt on. Sure. Yes. And in that situation where they're asking for the green shirt, you say, it sounds like you're asking for a compromise. You're now getting to work on two skills with the child, mm-hmm. uh, both you and the child, um, instead of just the one that you came to the, the dress-up situation with. I would like to thank Ryan and Kayla for being on the podcast today. It was good to be with you, Chris. Yeah, it was fun. Fun as always. If you have a question for us that will fit into 140 characters, you may tweet it to us at tapestryibc. If you require a bit more room, you can email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. You may also find us on Facebook at tapestryibc. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. You can also subscribe from our website, tapestryministry.org. Thank you for listening.